All right. Let's see. Get them all running there. Good. How many were here for the first session? How many were not here for the first session? It should have been. Okay. Well, my name is still Kent Hovind. has been for a long time. I taught high school science for 15 years and now travel and do seminars on creation, evolution, and dinosaurs. And we covered in the first session a little bit about the Big Bang Theory, how it is a big dud. But the textbooks teach your kids that you are an animal. We're just going to kind of continue where we left off. So if you missed the first part, get video number one of the Blue Series of Tapes downstairs. I don't think I have many left, but you can order them. We do have some children's videos and some debates. I've done a lot of debates with professors. They're down there on DVD downstairs. Okay. Textbook says you're an animal. And share a common heritage with earthworms. You think we teach the kids they're an animal, and then they act like animals. Uh, you think maybe there's some kind of connection? See, what you believe determines how you behave. Plain and simple. Have you noticed the rock music these days is all full of death and destruction and blood? But the Bible says they that hate me love death. Pretty simple. Kids are taught today there are no absolutes. I was in a debate one time with this professor, and he said, there are no absolutes. I said, are you absolutely sure? Blew his little brain. Now, wait a minute. How can I be absolutely sure there's no absolutes? Yes, they're absolutes. Thus saith the Lord. That is absolute. And the Lord said, Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. Some people either don't know what God says, or maybe they just don't care what God says. But don't do that, okay? Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. You let Him tell you what to do with it, all right? Anyway, a lot of teachers don't seem to understand. It's perfectly fine for you to teach creation in public schools. There's never been a law against that. Teachers just blindly follow the curriculum. Well, I taught for 15 years. My brother taught for 34 years. My mom retired from teaching kindergarten after years and years up in Illinois. There's no law against teaching creation. Teachers can teach creation if they want. They've always been allowed to. Here's what happened. Two states, Arkansas and Louisiana, passed laws to require that creation be taught. Emphasis on the word require. The court says you can't require that creation be taught. If Colorado passed a law that said you are required to breathe, the court would strike it down. I mean, you can breathe if you want, and you probably should, but you, don't, you, don't, you can't be required to, okay? So they can't require that they teach creation. Even Stephen Gould said, no statute exists in any state to bar instruction in creation science. It could be taught before and it can be taught now, after the 1987 Supreme Court decision. What's happened, though, the ACLU, the American Communist Lawyers Union, they have tried really hard to spread this ridiculous propaganda that you cannot talk about creation in schools. And that's simply not true. You can talk about creation in schools. But if a teacher gets up in front of their class and says, okay, kid, listen, you started off like a slime and you slowly evolved to a human. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out that teaching is going to destroy some kid's faith in the Bible. And anybody that destroys a child's faith better read what Jesus had to say about that. Whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Anybody that teaches evolution is in serious trouble when they stand before God. The Bible says, Be not many masters, knowing we shall receive the greater condemnation. Serious thing to teach evolution. But listen, back in the 1950s, <clears throat> the average textbook in America had two to 3,000 words about evolution. It wasn't talked about very much. 
1957, <clears throat> the Russians beat us in the space race, and Americans panicked. How many of you remember the panic in America <clears throat> when the Russians were winning the space race? There were articles in the newspaper, you know, how you can survive fallout. They said the Soviets are beating us in science because they teach evolution in their textbook. What does evolution have to do with putting up a satellite? <laughs> Nothing, okay? But they had articles on how to build your own bomb shelter to survive nuclear fallout. I mean, some of you, I won't ask you to raise your hand, you may still have a bomb shelter in your backyard someplace. Right? It was big time serious stuff. And then in 1959, it was the 100 year anniversary of Darwin's book coming out. And so the atheists and lobbyists, uh, atheists and uh, uh, evolutionists lobbied the Congress and they said, look, we have to get more evolution into the schools to catch up with the Soviets. And in 1959, Eisenhower asked Congress for a billion dollars to push more evolution into the classroom just so we could keep up with the Soviets. It was called the Cold War Reconstruction of American Science Education. They rewrote all the textbooks in the late 50s and early 60s. And by 1963, the average textbook had 33,000 words about evolution. It became the state religion. In 1963, prayer was taken out of our schools. Anybody remember that? Madeline Murray O'Hare. Okay. In 1963, we began to see some strange phenomena in our culture. We started to see a great rise in premarital sex for every single age group. We started to see a great rise in sexually transmitted diseases for 10 to 14 year olds. We started to see a great rise in unwed birth rates. We saw a 100% increase in birth rates and a 550% increase in pregnancies. The difference is being aborted. Now one third of all the kids born at the hospital are born to a couple that aren't married. Illegitimate children. Now listen carefully. This makes a great problem for our society. 53% of teen mothers come from homes that don't have a father. 63% of youth suicides, 71% of high school dropouts, 85% of youths in prison, and 90% of homeless or runaway children come from fatherless homes. Now, Timothy, in the Bible, was a half-breed that never should have been born. The Jews were not supposed to marry anybody that wasn't Jewish. His mama disobeyed. Timothy's mother was Jewish. His father was a Greek. Never should have been born. But he was. And he said, God, I want to serve you anyway. God said, I'll take you, son. So God will use anybody. If your parents messed up, shut your mouth, quit your whining, and you go serve God with your life, okay? He can use anybody. It doesn't matter what parents did, all right? There's been a 725% increase in unmarried couples living together. God's word hasn't changed. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus said, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And Jesus said, if you even look in lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And by the way, ladies, <clears throat> that's why it's important how you dress. You see, my daddy always said, if you're not in business, don't advertise. Divorce rates have gone crazy in this country. They dropped off in the 80s because people just didn't get married anymore. Just lived together instead, right? Child abuse is up 2,300% since 1963. Illegal drug use up 6,000%. Violent crimes are up almost 1,000%. I'm not that old. But I remember the days when you did not have to lock your house. Anybody remember those days? And you left the keys in the ignition all the time. You never took them out because you might lose them. Right? And you go to the average high school and half the pickup trucks in the parking lot had a loaded rifle hanging in the back window. And nobody got shot in school in those days, did they? 
You probably didn't hear about this, but the kids at Columbine High School that shot everybody were real strong believers in evolution. They did the shooting on Hitler's birthday on purpose. Commemorate Adolf Hitler. They shot Isaiah Scholes just because he was black. Hitler hated black people. We cover more on racism on video 5. And right after the shooting, Rosie O'Donnell came on her program and said, See, we need more gun control. Uh, Rosie, those kids broke 18 gun laws going into that school. I don't think two more gun laws would have slowed them down. See, Rosie can't figure this out. But one guy figured out the whole thing and put it on the spare tire cover on his van. I said, i got to get a picture of this. This explains everything. He said, blaming guns for Columbine is like blaming spoons for Rosie O'Donnell being fat. <laughs> Not the spoon's fault. <laughs> SAT scores have plummeted since 1963. Twice in the last 40 years, they have actually dumbed down the test. They made the test dumber so the scores would go back up. Teen suicide rate's gone crazy. Now look, if I told you, if you kissed a frog, it would turn to a prince. You say, no, frogs don't turn to princess. How many of you ladies got your husband by kissing a frog? Come on. Only two, okay? It doesn't, doesn't happen very often. But in the textbooks it does. We started like an amoeba, very slowly became a frog, and very slowly became a prince. It's, it's the very same fairy tale. Frog turns to prince. But if the frog turns to the prince quickly, we all know it's a fairy tale. Now, if the frog turns to the prince slowly, well, you see, boys and girls, that's modern science. No, I'm sorry, that's still a fairy tale, okay? No, it doesn't happen. They've got a new magic ingredient. You see, if you want to turn your frog to a prince, you don't use a kiss. That won't work anymore. You have to have a new special high-powered magic ingredient called billions and billions of years. How many have ever heard that expression before? Billions of years ago. It's on TV. It's on Carl Pagan, uh, Sagan's uh, show, Cosmos. It's on uh, National Pornographic, puts a, or Geographic. Puts a, uh, billions and billions of years ago. They teach it like it's a fact. You know, here's a fourth grade textbook. Millions of years ago. Now, kids, listen. If you go to school and somebody says, millions of years ago, just say, uh, excuse me, were you there? They'll say, no, of course I wasn't there. And you say, now, do you know the earth is millions of years old? They'll say, well, no, but, I mean, this is not really part of science, is it? Science is something we can observe and study and test. They'll say, no, we can't, you know, it's not, we can't prove it scientifically, but everybody believes the earth is billions of years old. <laughs> First place, no, they don't, okay? Secondly, even if they did, that wouldn't make it true. See, most Americans believe the earth is less than 10,000 years old and God made it. It's a pretty small percentage that believe in atheism. By the way, we have to believe there is no God. Evolution and atheism is a religion, not a science, okay? I think this 8 or 10 percent ought to go start themselves a private school and teach anybody that wants to pay and come learn it. And they ought to get it out of our public school system. Now, it's a fact that slightly more than half of the scientists say they believe in evolution. Not all of them, but a slight majority believes in evolution, okay? And even if a bunch of scientists believe something, that doesn't make it true. There was a time when the scientists taught all the planets go around the earth. <laughs> Not true. They used to teach a big rock will fall faster than a little rock. That was taught for 2,000 years in the schools, and it's not true. 
They used to teach if you're sick, you have bad blood. Take out your blood and you'll get better. There were special places all over the country to get your blood taken out. You could tell where they were. They had a white pole with a red stripe around it. The barber was the bloodletter. Still is today, once in a while, you know, if you're not careful. Uh, and right beside George was a Bible <clears throat> that told him, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Man, if they'd have read that verse, he might still be alive today. Well, he'd live longer. Okay, now listen. If you went scuba diving <clears throat> and you found a treasure chest full of gold coins, and I asked you the simple question, when did the boat sink? You say, well, I don't know. <laughs> Look at the dates on the coins. If there's a coin in there from 1750, you ought to be able to figure out uh, the boat sank after 1750. How many can figure this out with no help at all? Okay. It couldn't sink before that, right? If you don't poke around in the box and find the oldest coin, you find the youngest coin. That becomes the limiting factor of when the boat could have sunk. It had to sink after the last one was made. Do you know there are all kinds of ways to tell the age of the earth, like several hundred ways? A few of them give really big numbers, like bazillions of years. But really, the one you've got to worry about is the ones that give the small numbers. I'll show you. If you, went, uh, if you found a dinosaur bone, I've got a copy of this one here. On the, I guess it's still in my suitcase. But when you find the dinosaur bone, the real one's in our museum, you should notice two things about fossils immediately. <clears throat> Number one, they do not talk. Number two, they do not have a date stamped on them. They don't say made by a dinosaur in 70 million B.C. in Taiwan. They don't say that, okay? So, how do you tell the age of a fossil? How would you tell the age of the earth? Go outside and get a shovel full of dirt and tell me how old it is. The only way to tell for sure how old something is, is to ask the guy who made it. He knows for sure. And the Bible says, God created the heaven and the earth. So I bet God knows how old it is, since he's the one who did it, right? And the Bible says Jesus created all things in heaven and earth. Oh, that's interesting. That's one of many verses that proves Jesus is God Almighty in the flesh. And Jesus said in Matthew 19:4, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? By the way, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, okay? I've got to say that these days. But Jesus said that was the beginning, same thing in Mark 10.6. Well, if that's the beginning, then it's pretty easy to tell how old the earth is. Because the Bible says, God made a male and female. He says, death came by sin. You know why we have death in the world? Because of Adam's sin. By man came death. In Adam all died. The Bible's real clear on this. And Adam was the first man. And Adam lived, and Eve is the mother of all living, okay? And Adam lived 130 years and had a son and called him Seth. Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. If you go through the Bible and add up the dates, it's not that hard to do. You can make a little graph like this one down here, a little chart. I'm sorry, I'm out of seminar notebooks, but if you get my seminar notebook, the last page pulls out to be that chart. You can go through and add up the dates in the Bible, how old they were when their son was born, and it's pretty easy to graph it out. You'll discover the Bible teaches the creation took place about 4,000 B.C., which would be 6,000 years ago. It's been 2,000 years after Christ and 4,000 before. 4 plus 2, 6, yeah. About 6,000 years ago was the creation. Now, I don't put a date on it and say that it was 4,004 B.C., October 23rd at 2 in the afternoon. Okay? I don't think you can get that close. I do think Adam was made in the afternoon because <clears throat> it was just before Eve. 
Only clue I found. And I can't prove this, but I think I figured out why God made Adam first. I think God made Adam first because he didn't want any advice on how to do it. (laughs) I can see it now. God, you're doing it wrong. Uh, Eve, go stand over there. I can handle this, okay? (laughs) By the way, B.C. means before Christ. Almost all the new textbooks have changed it to say B.C.E. Before the common era. You watch, Christ is gone out of your schools. Somebody said, why didn't God stop the shooting at Columbine High School? Uh, Because God's not allowed in school anymore. (laughs) Don't blame him, okay? Where we got a problem now, the textbook says the earth is billions of years old. Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. Was he lying? Did he not understand science? Or was he right? How old is the earth? When was the beginning? Thou, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. How old is this earth? To me, this is a critical issue. Could it possibly be true that it's only 6,000 years old? Well, let's look at some here. Now, before we get into this, I do a lot of debates at universities, and oftentimes they'll ask the question, uh, hoping, <clears throat> if Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel, who did their sons marry? Huh? Fair question. The Bible says, Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, and Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare a son. Well, it doesn't say he found her there. But who's his wife? Huh. And who did Seth marry? Well, that's a good question. Hey, but it's nothing, the problem's nothing compared to what the evolutionists believe. <clears throat> See, they believe 18 or 20 billion years ago, there was a big bang where nothing exploded and made everything. We covered that last session. And 4.6 billion years ago, the earth cooled down. Yes, boys and girls, the earth was a hot ball of rock. And millions of years of torrential rains created the oceans. And swirling in the waters of the oceans is a bubbling broth of complex chemicals. Progress from a complex chemical soup to a living organism is very slow. Boy, it sure is. It don't even happen. That's how slow it is. 40-year-old DNA code has been cracked and it points to hot soup as the origin of life. That's last week. Boy, they're getting smarter. The first self-replicating systems must have emerged in this organic soup. So 20 billion years ago, there was a big bang. 4.6 billion years ago, the earth cooled down. It rained on the rocks for millions of years and turned them into soup. And the soup came alive 3 billion years ago. And that first life form found somebody to marry now there's a good trick and something to eat of course and slowly evolved into everything we see today so great 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 grandpa was soup that's the theory I didn't make it up anyway there are hundreds of varieties of dogs in the world one professor said Hoban he said you believe in creation you believe all those you believe all the dogs in the world today came from just two dogs on Noah's Ark Right there. I said, well, sir, would you look at what you're teaching your students? You're teaching your students that all the dogs in the world today came from a rock. (laughs) Anyway, who did Adam's sons marry? Well, the Bible says Adam lived after he begat Seth 800 years and begat sons and daughters. How many kids could you have in 800 years? How many do you have, brother? Five? 
He could have several in 800 years. A friend of mine in Arkansas has 15 kids in 15 years. I met a family from Minnesota with 20 children, all of them under 20. It's cold in Minnesota. <laughs> Who did Adam's sons marry? Well, duh, they married sisters. You say, well, married sisters. Well, first place, there's no other choice. Okay, think about it. All right. Secondly, who would you report them to? <laughs> Thirdly, there were no laws against it until 2,500 years later when Moses gave the law. They didn't need any laws against it at first because there weren't any deformed chromosomes. You wouldn't have any deformed children. You see, everything about you is inherited. Even having children is hereditary. If your parents don't have any, you won't either. Wow. I never thought about that. <laughs> People say, hey, you can't marry sisters. What about genetic similarity? Adam married his rib. You talk about genetic similarity. It's not, not going to be a problem, okay? And you also, you won't notice this reading your Bible, but do you realize Adam lived long enough to know his great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson? You know, Noah's daddy could have known Adam for 56 years. Can you imagine a family reunion back in those days? All right, everybody hop on the camel. We're going to go visit great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa Adam. And he's going to tell us what it was like in the Garden of Eden before the first woman ate the first man out of house and home. <laughs> I do tell a lot of Adam and Eve jokes, okay? And one lady said, well, just where would you men be without us women? I said, in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> but it'd be lonely. It wouldn't be worth it, okay? After God made Adam and Eve, uh, a couple weeks later, Adam said, hey, Lord, can I ask you a couple questions? The Lord said, sure, Adam, what do you want to know? He said, well... First, I'd like to know why you made Eve so beautiful. He said, Adam, I did that so you'd be attracted to her. Adam said, well, it's working real good, Lord. He said, now, secondly, why did you make her, you know, kind of an airhead? He said, Adam, I had to do that so, you'd be so she'd be attracted to you. <laughs> Problem we've had ever since, right? You also won't notice this reading your Bible. But Noah's son, Shem, after the flood, lived 500 years. Which means he lived long enough to know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Pretty cool. Jacob's the guy that had 12 sons and one daughter. One of the boys was named Joseph. He's the guy that got the coat in many colors. You know, and the brothers got jealous and beat him up, and he ended up down in Egypt as the vice pharaoh, or whatever they call him. Okay. And so Joseph invites his brothers and dad to move down and live with him. So Joseph's introducing dad, Jacob, to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? He said, I'm 130. He said, few and evil have the days of the years of my pilgrimage been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers. I read that and I thought, what's he saying here? I'm 130, but this is really nothing. Well, yeah, when you figure he could have personally known Shem, Arfax, and Selah, and Eber. You know, if you're 130, but you know a 600-year-old down the street, you just don't feel so old anymore. Anyway, textbook says the earth is billions of years old. Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. Was he right? Was he stupid? Was he lying? I mean, what is it anyway? Billions. Do the textbooks in this town teach the kids in your schools the earth is billions of years old? Are they going to teach that, you know, like next week or whenever you start? Yeah, they are. Millions of years ago. Billions of years ago. Even some Christians are going around teaching the earth is billions of years old. James Dobson, their official position is the earth is billions of years old. You say, what difference does it make? 
makes a giant difference. Because if the earth is billions of years old, now you're going to have death before sin. You have a serious theological problem here. Death before sin. The Bible says death reigned from Adam to Moses. Man brought death into the world. We have death and suffering because of Adam's sin. Who cares? Well, for one thing, the credibility of Genesis is at stake. Because the average person reading this book is not going to find billions of years in there. Okay? So the question is pretty simple. Can the average person read the Bible, or do we have to have some guru lead us and tell us what it means? Secondly, the credibility of Jesus is at stake. He quoted Genesis 25 times. Just about every other book in the Bible refers to Genesis. And the evolutionists really care about this issue. If you take away billions of years, their theory looks real silly. I think it looks silly with billions of years, but it looks sillier without it. Jesus said, had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. He wrote of me. Well, let's look at some scientific evidence. The Bible clearly teaches about 6,000 years ago for the creation. Okay? That's what it teaches. 4,400 years ago, big flood. Let's look at the scientific evidence. In 1899, the world's population crossed over the 6 billion mark. In 1985, there were 5 billion people on planet Earth. In 1800, there were 1 billion. Everybody agrees about a billion people around 1800. There's no argument about this. And everybody agrees the population is growing rapidly. But the world is not overcrowded. Don't fall for that overcrowded propaganda. The whole world's population today would fit inside Jacksonville, Florida twice. That one city has 25 billion square feet. The world's not overcrowded. Have you driven across Nebraska? <laughs> or Kansas? Or Wyoming? Could drive across Colorado? Huh? Drive across New Mexico sometime. Or Arizona. Drive across Canada. Okay? The world's not overcrowded, folks. Look, if it's overcrowded where you are, move. Because <laughs> it's not overcrowded other places, right? Back when Jesus was here, <clears throat> there were about a quarter billion people on planet Earth. It sure looks like the whole population growth curve started about 4,400 years ago. But that's interesting. The Bible says 6,000 years ago God made everything. 4,400 years ago, there was a flood, and eight people survived. If you start with eight people having kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, you can get a population of five or six billion in a few thousand years. Now, if you believe in evolution, you've got a problem. You think man's been here for three million years. Do you realize in three million years, the population would have grown? Right now, we have 150,000 people per square inch. That would be crowded. Um, the moon goes around the earth. How many knew that already? The moon goes around the earth? Okay. But you know, as the moon goes around, it's gradually getting farther away. We're losing the moon about three inches a year, <clears throat> slowly spiraling out. Okay, now kids, this is going to be complicated. If you bring the moon in closer, you have a problem because the moon causes the tides. Now, you folks in Colorado probably don't even worry about the tides. But in Pensacola, you worry about the tides, okay? If you brought the moon in closer, there's a law called the inverse square law. Bring the moon in to one-third the distance, it's nine times the gravitational pull. If you run all the math on this, you'll find out about 1.2 to 1.4 billion years ago, the moon was whizzing around just above <clears throat> the surface of the earth. Walt Brown says 1.2 billion years ago. Okay, somewhere in there. Well, that explains what happened to the tall dinosaurs. They got moon. Uh, comets are flying around through space. 
But comets have a short life expectancy because there's always stuff blowing off the comet. It makes the tail, okay? Comets can only last about 10,000 years. You can't just keep losing and losing. Pretty soon it's gone. You know, it's kind of like your checkbook. See, if your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall every single time, right? Well, these comets are losing material. They have a life expectancy of 10,000 years. So why do we still have comets? They should all be gone if the Earth is billions of years old. I mentioned this in a seminar one time, and this atheist said, Well, Hovind, he, he actually went home and devoted an entire website against me, an anti-Hovind website. There are now over a thousand. <clears throat> one guy called me a few months ago and said, I think they're getting close to 2,000 anti-Hovind websites. I'm so proud of myself. <clears throat> My son and I answer all of these on our radio program. We do from 4.30 to 6 Central Time every day on truthradio.com, or you can listen to it on drdino.com, my website. But we have a whole article, eight, eight, eight hour seminar on answering the skeptics, all the criticisms they get. But this, is, this atheist said, Don't you know, Hovind, that a Dutch astronomer named Jan Ort proposed, <coughs> that means he hoped, he wished, he prayed, that there was a great shell of comets out there at the remote frontiers of the solar system. He said, There are comets coming in to replace the ones that burn out. I said, Okay. He said, This Oort cloud is 50,000 astronomical units away. Well, for those who don't know, <coughs> an astronomical unit is the distance from the Earth to the Sun. That's one astronomical unit. It's pretty hard to see Pluto without a really good telescope, okay? And it's only 39 astronomical units away. You're never going to see a comet at 50,000 astronomical units. You see, nobody's ever seen the Oort cloud. Oort never saw the Oort cloud. The whole thing's based on a mathematical mistake. There is no Oort cloud. Even Carl Pagan... Sagan admits it. He said, many scientific papers are written each year about the Oort cloud, its properties, its origin, its evolution, yet there's not a shred of direct observational evidence for its existence. There's no Oort cloud. But then Madsen said, if you fellows want to use the comet argument, it's up to you to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the Oort cloud and other sources don't exist. Ha! How would you prove the non-existence of something? Wouldn't I have to be all places at the same time to prove something doesn't exist? What he's trying to do here is called shifting the burden of proof. Atheists do it all the time, and we fall for it. It's so simple. I'll show you. Suppose I said, hey, kids, did you know watermelons are blue on the inside until you cut the skin? <laughs> prove I'm wrong. That'd be hard to do, wouldn't it? That's called shifting the burden of proof. If all I have to do is make up a story and you've got to prove it wrong, I can keep you busy the rest of your life. He says, there's an orc cloud out there and you've got to prove it doesn't exist. No, no, Dave. Here's what we know. We know we have comets. We know the Bible says the earth is 6,000 years old. We know comets don't last long. I don't have a problem with comets. They fit my theory fine. He wants to make it look like I've got a problem with comets. No, no, no I don't have a problem at all. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. You know, evolution theory says the sun and stars evolved before the earth. The Bible says he made the earth before the sun and stars. Everything about the evolution theory is backwards to the Bible. There is no similarity at all between these two theories. None. We can talk for days on that topic. The Bible says pretty clearly that man brought death into the world. Evolution says no death brought man into the world. The Bible says God created man. Evolution says no man created God. These theories are polar opposite. There is no compromise in this war. None. People say, couldn't God use evolution to create? No. The God that would have to use evolution is cruel, wasteful, and retarded. It's not the God of the Bible. 
That's for sure. We cover more on that on video number seven of the Blue Series of Tapes. But the psalmist said, when I consider thy heavens. In case he said when, not if. You need to take time to shut off the TV and go outside and consider what God has made. The psalmist said, while I was musing, the fire burned. The word muse is used twice in the Bible. It means to think. Think. Now, English is a pretty cool language, okay? A theist is a person who believes in God. <clears throat> if you put the letter A in front of it, it means the opposite of. So an atheist is a person who does not believe in God. Okay? Muse means to think. Amuse literally means to not think. That's the meaning of the word. They've got entire parks where you can actually pay money and go do that. <laughs> Amusement parks. That's why they call them that, a place to not think. He said, when I consider thy heavens, the work of the fingers, the, thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You know, it's interesting, preacher. A, a person that considers, that spends his time considering what God has done is just not impressed with what man can do. And some of you parents ought to go home and look in your kid's bedroom. And if what you see all over the walls are pictures of sports heroes, you better think about this. Your kids are being trained to meditate on what man can do. Wow. He threw the ball through the hoop. Oh. And the angels rejoiced. <laughs> Who's going to care in 30 years? Who's going to care in five years? Does anybody know who won the Super Bowl five years ago? Does anybody care? It doesn't matter. All those grown men out there fighting over that one ball, and they can all afford to go buy their own. I mean, come on. Go consider the heavens. Man, oh man, we can start take all day on that one. We've got, uh, oh, five minutes. I've got a, a hundred different ways to prove the earth is not billions of years old. Let me give you just a couple real quick here and real quick. The earth is spinning about a thousand miles an hour, but it is slowing down. It actually slows down about a thousandth of a second every day. Well, that means that it used to be going faster. Well, now... Earth's rotation is slowing down. We have to add a second every year and a half or so because the Earth's slowing down. Okay? They call it leap second. Many people have heard of leap year, but they've never heard of leap second, even though it happens every year to year and a half to keep the clocks even with the slowing spin of the Earth. Well, if the Earth is billions of years old, this would be a problem because if you go back a billions of years, the Earth would be spinning real fast. I mean, like real fast. Your days and nights would be pretty quick. Get up, go to bed, get up, go to bed, get up, go to bed. You never get nothing done. Man, a centrifugal force would have been enormous. The winds would have been 5,000 miles an hour from the Coriolis effect. And you think the dinosaurs lived 200 million years ago? I know what happened to them. No, they did not live 200 million years ago. Um, Sahara Desert has what's called a prevailing wind pattern. The wind almost always blows the same direction. This creates a problem. The hot air blows off the desert, kills the trees next door. The, air, the process is called desertification. It's a well-known process. Well, Sahara Desert is pretty good size, and it's growing. Everybody knows it's growing. That studies it. They did a big study on Sahara, and they said, you know, we think Sahara Desert's about 4,000 years old. Okay. Well, then I have a question. Um, if the Earth is billions of years old, why don't we have a bigger desert? Why would the biggest desert be only 4,000 years old? I have a theory about that. You see, I believe about 6,000 years ago, God made everything. 4,400 years ago, there was a flood. It's pretty hard to have a desert under a flood. So the desert couldn't start growing until the flood water went down. 
So I predict, based on the Bible, that uh, the oldest desert in the world will be less than 4,400 years old. It is. Wow. You know, when they drill under the ground, sometimes they hit oil. The oil's in, in pressure pockets up to 20,000 pounds per square inch, which is way beyond the weight of the overburden. They study oil carefully and say, you know, it should have cracked the rock in less than 10,000 years. It shouldn't have any excess pressure. All right, well, then I've got two questions. Where did the oil come from? And why is it still under pressure? Most scientists agree that oil comes from organisms that are squished. They're changed by heat and pressure into oil. They learned 20 years ago, 30 years ago, how to make oil in 20 minutes in the laboratory. Just too expensive, that's all. Uh, Texas has a new factory taking turkey guts and changing it to oil in 30 minutes. Yeah, just high pressure and temperature changes most any organic material into oil. Sinclair has the dinosaurs, their logo. You've got dinosaurs. Sinclair gas stations all over Colorado here. They say, yes, boys and girls, it mellowed for 80 million years. I don't think so. I've got a theory about the oil. You see, 6,000 years ago, God made everything. 4,400 years ago, there was a flood. In that flood, lots of critters drowned. And people. They got buried by the gravel and the sand and the rocks and the mud. And it got pretty heavy after a while, and it squished them into oil. So the oil's down there from the people and animals that drowned in that flood. Which means, if you stop and think about that, you drove over here today on some of your ancestors. Next time you're at the gas station pumping them in there, you can say, bye, Grandpa. You should have listened to Noah. Hmm? I don't have time to cover it all, but here's a picture of the oldest tree in the world. The oldest tree is a bristlecone pine, very slow growing. And tree ring dating is not an exact science, but by a long shot. We covered that more in video 7. But this textbook says 4,300 years old, Earth's oldest organism. That's pretty old. But I've got a question. If the Earth is millions of years old, why don't we have an older tree someplace? Why would the oldest tree be 4,300 years old? I have a theory about that. You see, I believe about 6,000 years ago, God made everything. And 4,400 years ago, there was a flood. So the oldest tree ought to be somewhere around, you know, less than 4,400 years old, just like the Bible says. Interesting. We could talk all day. One more and we'll quit. This is a picture of a coral reef. You know, the largest reef in the world is in Australia. It's called the Great Barrier Reef. I got a call from a church in Brisbane. They said, would you like to come preach over here? I said, I need to pray about this. He said, yes. I took my whole family to Australia. My daughter and I got to go scuba diving at the Great Barrier Reef. It was incredible. Some of the reef was destroyed by ships and anchors and bombs and stuff like that. So the environmentalist wackos went out there to see, you know, how fast it grows back. They watched it grow for 20 years. It was a government project. Based on a 20-year study, they said the reef is less than 4,200 years old. That's pretty old. Uh, <clears throat> but I have a question. If the earth is millions of years old, why don't we have an older reef someplace? Why would the biggest reef on earth be less than 4,200 years old? I have a theory about that. I bet you know what it is, don't you? you know, about the big flood. On my video number one, I cover all kinds of ways to prove the earth is simply not billions of years old. What's happened, though, 75% of kids that go to, from Christian homes to public schools are losing their faith because of this teaching of evolution. That's what happened to Crawford Toy. He almost married a girl named Lottie Moon. Southern Baptists have the Lottie Moon offering every Christmas. She was a great missionary to China. 
Crawford went to Europe after the Civil War, studied evolution, and believed it. He was a seminary professor. He came back and told his class in seminary, he said, uh, the Bible intends to teach a plain six-day creation. The Bible is simply in error at that point. Oh, the Bible's in error? Now, Crawford, maybe your theory's in error. Maybe you got brainwashed. Hey, it's real easy to get brainwashed. I'll show you. I'm going to try to brainwash the whole crowd, then we're going to quit and take a break. I'm going to tell you a little story. As I tell the story, I will actually brainwash you. Maybe you've never been brainwashed before. That's okay. It's a harmless procedure. Don't worry. Okay? When I'm done telling the story, I will ask you two simple questions. If you know the answer, you just raise your hand. If you can't figure out the answer, it's because you were successfully brainwashed. You ready? I even warned you I'm going to do it. Okay, now pay attention. Here goes. Once upon a time, a man left home jogging. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways, turned left, and jogged back home. As he was jogging home, he noticed two masked men waiting for him at home. Who were the masked men, and why did he leave home jogging? If you know for sure, raise your hand, but don't say it out loud. It's about ten of you that saw my tapes already, okay? The rest of you, <clears throat> we'll try it one more time. Apparently you were successfully brainwashed. We're going to try it again. Now pay attention. Oh, once upon a time, a man left home jogging. He jogged a little ways and turned left. I'll give you a hint. That's important. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways, turned left, and jogged back home. As he was jogging home, he noticed two masked men waiting for him at home. Who were the masked men, and why did he leave home jogging? Anybody new figure it out? Two more. Okay. The rest of you, pay attention. We're going to try it one last time. But now I'm going to unbrainwash you just by showing you a couple of pictures. Same story, word for word, but you'll, you'll feel yourself get unbrainwashed. It's a pretty cool feeling. Okay? Watch the pictures carefully. Once upon a time, a man left home jogging. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways and turned left. He jogged a little ways, turned left, and jogged back home. As he was jogging home, he noticed two masked men waiting for him at home. Who were the masked men? How to catch you in the umpire. You say, Hoven, is it that easy to get brainwashed? Oh, yeah. Hey, would you like to see how kids get brainwashed in your city? Thousands of them get brainwashed every single year. It is so simple the way it happens. They put the kid in kindergarten and they give him a book like this. I can read about dinosaurs. Would anybody like to just kind of take a wild guess at what the first sentence in the book says? <laughs> Millions of years ago. That's calling Jesus a liar. Didn't he say the creation of Adam was the beginning? Doesn't the Bible say nothing died until Adam got here? Did all the textbooks say, Millions of years ago, dinosaurs roamed the earth. Even Dr. Seuss, Millions of years ago. Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. You say, now wait a minute, Hoban. If the Bible's true, and that's the beginning, what about this business of them living to be 900 years old? Now, we'll cover that after the break. What about dinosaurs? Oh, we'll cover that tonight. Okay? Out of the church. Sunny Vale, sunny side, sunny... Sunny side. So, kids, listen. You be careful about what you listen to when they tell you the earth is billions of years old. Okay? The Bible says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the, after the tradition of men and the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. If a kid goes 12 or 16 years to school in your town, how's he going to view the world? 
probably is an evolutionist. We'll cover more in the next session on uh, what the Garden of Eden was like. Why did they live to be 900 years old? Coming up next, and if you kids, if you didn't see the airplanes, we'll go outside there and launch more airplanes during the break. Thank you, preacher. As you uh, can imagine, if we try to dismiss everyone, we're not going to be able to get the service started uh, on time and you'll probably lose your seat. And so just a couple of things. If you're needing to use the restroom, especially those of you who are guests, uh, if you go just around the corner down this hallway, there there's a men and women's room there or downstairs. Uh, and so those are available. I'd encourage someone from your party or from your family to stay close and be able to give an idea of what seats are available and what are not, because there are a number of folks that are still coming in. Uh, Bob, also, so you know, and the ushers know, if we're needing to for the service, we can seat some people up here uh, less than optimum, but we'll do what we need to. We are going to receive an offering right now. All of this offering will go as a love offering to care for Dr. Hovind and for some of the expenses. And so we're going to go ahead and have these men receive this offering. We'll have our uh, regular general offering. I'll announce that in the second service, but uh, we'll go ahead and receive this offering. And... All right, let let me lead us in prayer for this and then we'll receive it. Thank you for your generosity. Lord, we do thank you for the things that we're learning. And we thank you for the glory that we can give as our great creator and redeemer. And uh, we look forward to this worship service when we have an opportunity to respond to you, singing our praise and adoration. And now as we respond with these gifts, we pray that you will use it to multiply the ministry of uh, Dr. Hovind, and we thank you for providing him and allowing him to be here in Jesus' name. Amen. All of this offering in its entirety will go for Dr. Hovind and for any expenses that he's had.